Hello and welcome. Thank you for tuning in to The Preservationist. I'm Astronomous Ray. Last month, we talked with Joshua Gifford, an alumni of the Class of Community College's Historic Preservation and Restoration Program, and current student Christy Jenkins-Smith, as she shared her insights about the program. This month, we will be revisiting the students at the Clatsop Community College's Historic Preservation and Restoration Program. We'll be talking with first-year student Marcus Lucero as he shares his experience starting the program and moving here from San Francisco. We will also be revisiting Christy as she shares more insights about her experience in the program. Now introducing Christy Jenkins-Smith. My name is Christy. I've been in the program for a little over two years. I will be done the after next term, so started in 2021. Thanks, Christy. Last month, you had shared with us what it was like joining the Historic Preservation Program while living in Portland and doing your classes virtually, and then driving down on weekends for the workshops. What would you say is the general workload like? Does it seem doable? Yeah, it was definitely doable. Um, it's super flexible and luckily it kind of seems like most of the people that are in the program are working adults. So a lot of the classes are at night and then the workshops are all on the weekends. There are some that are that we started in the summer that were week long, but aside from that, it's, you know, pretty doable. That's great. Now you mentioned workshops. Can you explain what some of these workshops are and what they entail? Yeah, so there's, I believe, usually three workshops per term, and they kind of range all over the place. Uh, there's been plaster repair workshops, uh, cemetery workshops, siding workshops, window workshops. Like, there's kind of most elements that you're going to find within a building. They're all super fun, and most of them are based in Astoria or around that area. Some of them are We've had a few in Portland now, which have been nice for me because they're pretty much down the street. The workshops and the classes are kind of separate. I mean, some, you know, share information or you'll learn some stuff before a workshop, but most of it, most of the workshops you're learning kind of as you're doing. So some of some of it will have demonstrations or uh, instructors showing you stuff, but you get to pretty much get in there and get hands-on pretty quickly um, but a lot of the businesses and people around Astoria are super supportive of our program and of our students so they're pretty eager to help and get us in their buildings and let us kind of practice. <laughs> That's nice to have that support from the community. Now with historical structures and buildings I can imagine that there are some challenges you might face with working on these structures. What are some of those challenges? What I've learned is you never know what to expect when you start to work on a historic building. Like so many things can happen. There's stuff hiding behind siding. A storm will come. There's bats in the attic. Like so many things can come up as soon as you start working in an old building. But I guess the most important thing with that is just being flexible because the scope of work pretty much has changed every single workshop I've ever done. But I guess in preservation, you just have to be flexible. You regroup and move forward. <laughs> and now, Christy, with you, do you have any future plans uh, for after you graduate the program? Do you have an idea of what you want to do with your education and preservation? 
Uh, again, it's kind of everything. So <laughs> I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what I want to do when I'm done with school, but definitely leaning toward the preservation side. So that's basically just maintenance, you know, just maintaining all of the historic components and materials just so that buildings can live as long as we, you know, let them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would you say to someone who is interested in pursuing historic preservation and restoration? Well, one thing is it's a trade that is in high demand, especially the hands-on jobs. There's a huge lack in people that actually know how to do this work and a huge demand for the work needing to be done. So that's important. So really, if it if this is of interest to you, this program it's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Like it's, it's a pretty special program. I haven't really seen it, anything like it around. When I found it, I had been Googling and searching and searching for something that would be fitting to what I needed. And there's a lot of classes and programs out there that are highly, uh, you know, sit in a desk and learn theory. And that's great. It's great to learn all that stuff, but to actually have so much hands-on work and really learn all of that this program's great for that. Things like workshops, especially when you're new. When I was new, I knew nothing. I was I was a nervous, just like, you know, eager student. And coming into it, I was able to really get all of the instruction that I needed to feel safe working with, say, like a table saw or any of that. And yeah, it just makes it a little bit easier to really get that one-on-one instruction. Yeah, so I didn't, I had never used a table saw, I'd never used so many things, a bunch of hand tools, I'd never used a chisel, I'd never used a hand plane. So really, you get to to learn everything from giant meaty power tools to hand tools where you get to slow down and, you know, get detailed. Yeah, they'll teach you everything and they make you feel very supported by not just the instructors, but other students who had been there and who also knew how to do these things. Like people are always there to help you and make you feel comfortable and safe. Is there anything else you would like to say about historic preservation and restoration? Historic preservation and restoration needs to be recognized as something that's essential for the earth. Aside from historic buildings just being beautiful and full of stories and history, the embodied energy and embodied carbon is already paid off. It's, you know, all of the emissions and everything that was used to quarry and cut down trees and mill and all that, that's already done. So using what we already have and appreciating what we already have is super important and smashing history and building stuff that's shiny and new is not necessary. Very well said. Thank you, Christy. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Up next, I would like to introduce my fellow board member of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society, Eric Wheeler, as he tells us about what this month's topics in preservation is. Hello, I'm Eric Wheeler. I'm a board member on the Lower Columbia Preservation Society. Please join us for Topics in Preservation, a monthly discussion and conversation about issues in historic preservation. February's topic is Bathrooms, Modern Remodel versus Historic Restoration. Have you completed a bathroom remodel or restoration on your historic house? Maybe you're just thinking about changing things up in your loo. Join us for discussion about bathrooms in a historic house. We'll explore the pros and cons of keeping the historic figures intact, or if modernizing makes more sense, go that direction. 
Bring your questions and comments, and of course, show and tell is always encouraged. Do join the conversation. The event will be held on Wednesday, February 21st at 6 o'clock, located at 389 12th Street in downtown Astoria. That's at the corner of 12th and Duane Streets on the ground floor of the Hotel Elliott. Topics in Preservation is a monthly gathering for LCPS members to share ideas and discuss topics related to historic preservation. This event, however, is free and open to the public. Thank you, and we hope to see you there at the LCPS office at the corner of 12th and Duane Streets in downtown Astoria on Wednesday, February 21st at 6 o'clock. Thank you so much, Eric. That sounds like a really interesting topics in preservation. Now, I would like to introduce my next guest, Marcus Lucero, a first-year student of Clatsop Community College's Historic Preservation and Restoration Program. Yeah, so my name is Marcus Lucero. Um, I'm a first-year student at uh, Clatsop Community College in the Historic Preservation Program. Um, I moved to Astoria about a year ago and joined the program literally the day that I moved. <laughs> so October 1st was the day that I moved, and the program started right away. So you mentioned that you had just moved here. Uh, where did you move from? So I was originally born in Portland, Oregon. Um, I moved from Portland in the late 90s to San Francisco. So I've lived and worked in San Francisco in nonprofit world and the private sector for about 25 years. And so as um, you know, people get older, they tend to come home. So me and my husband decided to move back to Oregon, but not to Portland where I originate from, but we found that Astoria really kind of fit our cultural values and especially that this program existed and that we work um, in preservation already. We found that this community was a good place to settle. So with that being said, moving back here, did you previously know about the historic preservation restoration program at the college? How did you find out about it? So I did not, um, again, state that, um, I do have a background in preservation through my husband. So he's been working in preservation and restoration in San Francisco for 25 years. And so by default, I kind of, when we moved here, I kind of looked up like, hey, like, what are your job opportunities? Like, what does this community look like for us? And the first thing that popped up was Class of Community College Historic Preservation Program. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, whoa, how cool <laughs> is that we're moving to a community that has like a deep rooted understanding and care and love for preservation. And so through just doing a little bit of research, you know, to be honest, like construction and restoration, these things can be a little intimidating to a person like myself. Like I'm a pretty out queer punk kid, right? And preservation and um, I've seen a lot of machismo-ness in this culture. And so I was a little bit apprehensive. But when I walked, watched the videos and I saw that there was a really diverse community of people that were in the program, I felt kind of like, OK, this is going to be an accepting place to be. And once I first joined the program, I saw that there was a lot of diversity and a lot of really cool people. And so anyway, so I found out the program because I did a little bit of research. There was some online presence and then I just thought I would jump in and I kind of tested the waters by taking one class. It was a introductory introduction to the workshop or the actual woodworking space, so machinery. And so that was a good introduction to the fact that this was a hands-on program and not just an you know, academic program as well. So it was a nice balance of those two things. Oh, very nice. Um, and then what type of classes have you taken? Yeah, so I mean, the first class that I took was a um, safety um, 
like the tool safety class. So I got to learn, you know, even though I've been around a lot of hardware and a lot of machinery, it's intimidating as an unskilled like labor person to approach a, a saw, right? And so I got like a gentle course on safety and that kind of was like, okay, cool. This is exciting. I feel confident now, right? And, and some from there, that kind of made me excited to kind of move forward. And then um, I think my favorite class so far is with John Gutenberger um, in his architectural history class. And that kind of like really gets your head spinning because like all of a sudden now living in San Francisco for so long, I was around a lot of Italianettes and Victorians and Queen Anne's and stuff, but I didn't really know anything about like their details. And so taking an architectural history class like that was like, oh, I actually know what these are called now. <laughs> and that was really fun because it really brightens you up and like makes you a little bit more aware and immersed within architecture and you know preservation in general. I agree. The architectural style and details are super interesting to learn about. Now, while we're on the subject, do you notice any similarities between some of the architecture styles in San Francisco versus here in Astoria? Oh, for sure. So to be honest, like I'm so used to high style architecture. Like San Francisco is extremely expensively detailed, right? So these houses are intense. They're like every knob and tube has some sort of like carving on it or something like that. So the vernacular, the vernacular architecture is quite different here, but there's so many different high styles here as well. And I think that kind of helps somebody, to be honest, for myself, like the vernacular architecture is a little bit more understated. So it's easier to digest. Like when you're over, it's overwhelming when you look at a Queen Anne that has so much detail that it's hard to even put your eye on anything because it's, it's just overwhelming, right? So I think that, you know, the body of the buildings of San Francisco are very similar to the bodies here. Um, I think it's a little bit, the fact that it's understated in Astoria helps a student understand kind of the basic details of the building and then build from there. There's not a lot of spindles and dots and I'm sure you know what I'm saying, but yeah, <laughs> San Francisco, a little, it's a little high style there. It can be a little overwhelming. That's really interesting. Thank you for that. So what type of workshops have you participated in during your time in the program? So I've uh, participated in most of the ones that were, um, you know, available. And so I, the one thing I really like about all the workshops is that you're always learning something different in the sense of, you know, there's a cemetery restoration uh, workshop. You know, you're out there cleaning off stones and learning the history of the individuals. And then you're going and reglazing windows in an old fire station. And then you're at a log cabin, you know, and it's like you're always doing something different. If it's not doors, it's windows. If it's not windows, it's a gravestone. You know? mm -hmm. So it's really cool that there's all this diversity in it and that you're in so many different places and you have access to these historic spaces. Like, you know, we went to the Tryon cabin in Portland and like that's behind a locked gate. Right. The only people who have access to that are the the individuals that work at the at the park. And so it's really great that you have you know access to resources like that, which is great. I fortunately was in a sash window or double pane window workshop where I got to learn how to do it in, a, in an actual shop. And then from there, if you have that experience, you can go on site and actually do it on site. If people don't have that experience, then they're going to be guided by somebody that already has that experience on site. And so I think no matter what point of access you're coming from, um, you'll be guided through that either prehand or on site. And there's always, you know, our professor that 
takes his time. If somebody doesn't know something, always takes that person aside, will assist them. Um, and then other students that have more experience than others, you know, a second year student will help your first year students. And that's, you know, for instance, somebody that you interviewed earlier, Christy, um, has helped me figure out glazing because I was really kind of intimidated by it. She's like, dude, just calm down. <laughs> if you if you don't do it perfectly, you can redo it. And like she's helped guide me. And I think, you know, we are a support system within our own organization. Something that I've learned is the importance of collaboration. Like this is nobody in this, I think, industry is pretentious or holds things behind gates. Everyone wants to teach each other. Everyone wants to learn from each other. It's a very collaborative place to be. And so there's no kind of intimidation or if you, if you don't know something, ask and people love to share their knowledge. And I think that's a really cool thing about this. Just preservation in general um, is we all are like a very um, collective community of people. That's really nice. What's one thing that's been interesting with classes for you? Well, so it's kind of cool. So, I mean, I've befriended our director of the program, Ryan, and, you know, he I mentioned that I was unable because I work full time as well, um, that I'm unable to do the CAD classes and those are day classes. And so he was like, well, what do you think about SketchUp? And I was like, cool. Well, SketchUp is what everybody uses in the field. Like a lot of people don't use CAD. They use SketchUp. And, you know, my husband uses SketchUp like his boss previously uses SketchUp. Anyway, my point is that Ryan was like, hey, what do you think about doing a workshop on SketchUp? I was like, cool. And so we met you know, out of class. And he said, what days work for you? What hours work for you? And so we actually are producing a new workshop next term based on our interests, our mutual interests on a certain subject matter. So I think it's a, you're allowed to, I think, collaborate with our team to make sure that our interests are fulfilled in a way that we'll be able to learn something. Like, I want to learn masonry. There's no masonry classes right now. And Ryan was like, cool, let's do it. Let's do brick. Let's do like stone. And so I think we're going to collaborate together to maybe make that an offering later. Was there anything that interested you or surprised you with the historic preservation program? I think it's really cool to find out and adapt to changes in the field, right? So we recently went to a cabin and we were like, we need to restore that window. And everyone was like, let's pull it out. And I was like, no. (laughs) <laughs> we need to do this in place because we're going to destroy material around it. And everyone was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, it's, this is actually we shouldn't just do our basic instinct, which is just tear things apart. Right. And it was kind of cool to have everyone kind of like look at each other and say, actually, let's adapt to this situation. Nobody really wants to restore a window in place. It's a lot harder when it's vertical. <laughs> Um, but you know, you just adapt to change. And I think that's kind of a cool thing that I found that the more workshops I do, they're always different and you always have to change and adapt to the situation in place. Very well said. Now, do you find any specific techniques to be interesting to you that you've learned? I mean, everything's new to me, to be honest, you know, I mean, just learning about the technology, the, you know, you know, anything from lead abatement to asbestos to uh, glazing, you know, this is all so fresh and new to me. So I always find I'm a, I'm a curious person. So like I'm always trying to adapt and understand and learn. There's a really good balance. And I think this is what kind of is a key point to our program. It's, it's academic. You do a lot of documentation. You do a lot of research. And then you also are doing in field work. And so I think the combination of those things have just really sparked an interest in preservation in general for me. Um, So no, no particular thing. um, But I think all of it collectively, 
And what are some of your favorite parts about the program? What has been something that you have really loved about it? Because I can tell just from everything you've talked about so far that, you know, you really have this passion for it. So I don't, this sounds really cheesy, but, you know, to be honest, I'm going to get a little choked up. I love the people, to be honest. Like, I've met so many amazing, dynamic individuals that come from totally different backgrounds, that have very unique perspectives, not only in their own life, but on preservation and their passions directly connected to their own lives. And I think that's a really cool thing. Other than that, I think just absorbing the knowledge and information that is like, you know, it affects every individual, like history and places. You know, if I look back, you know, just be just sitting and talking about certain places that I've been to, you know, like the Presidio in San Francisco or, you know, the tenement buildings of New York City or places like that, places I have spent time in, like in Europe and America. And we talk about them in, in such dynamic ways that like it, it reminds you of yourself and your history. And I think that's a really cool dynamic thing is that you're always learning something new and it's always refreshing and it's always a part of who you are. Yes. And when you finish the program, do you have an idea yet on what you want to do with preservation? Do you have any specific goals in mind? Yeah. So when I started the program, I really didn't have any goals to move forward with preservation and sense of like, oh, this is a new career change. So just a little bit of background on myself. So I have a degree in library science and I've been an archivist for 10 years. I worked at a place called the Internet Archive and I was a uh, I worked in the books division. So I worked with the antiquarian books for about 10 years globally. So like in Ireland and the UK and New York City and Los Angeles. And so I did that for quite a long time, but it was a nonprofit organization. And so now I work in the private sector and I make pretty good money, except for I'm not really passionate about what I do. And I think taking this program has really changed my perspective on my own life. Like, what do I really want to do? And I really would like to move forward in preservation. I'm just not sure how to do it in a sense of, do I want to be a tradesperson? Um, or do I want to do historical research? Do I want to work for an architecture firm? And, you know, I think there's so many options out there. A lot of people think of this program as being a trades program, and that's great. But I think once you start networking and you start going to conferences and you meet people globally, you know, you're, you're going to meet people from the Bay Area or you're going to meet people from the East Coast. And they all, it's a small little network of people, right? We all eventually get to know each other. And I think there's just a lot of opportunity out there. I'm just not quite sure what my route is at this point. Um, I think being behind a desk isn't something that I want to do for the rest of my life, but also being in the field 24 hours isn't something I want to do either. So I really think I need to figure out some sort of thing that works for me. Yeah, that's really interesting how many different careers you can actually pursue with historic preservation once you're finished with the program. We'll come back to Marcus in a moment. I'd like to reintroduce my fellow board member, Eric Wheeler, as he tells us about the Architectural Film Nights. Hello, I'm Eric Wheeler. I'm a board member of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society, and I invite you to join us for our Architecture Film Night. The series of short films is sponsored by the LCPS and continues at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, March 13th, We'll screen two half-hour documentaries that take an in-depth look at two outstanding examples of architectural design from around the world. The films are presented at the Kala Performance Center and Art Gallery, located at 1017 Marine Drive in downtown Astoria. Doors open at 6.30 p.m., films start at 7, 
A suggested donation of $5 per person helps to support the public programs of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society. Do join us for Architecture Film Night on Wednesday, March 13th at 7 p.m. at Kala. Thanks, Eric. I definitely will be looking forward to the Architectural Film Night. Now, returning back to Marcus. Marcus, with your previous knowledge of preservation and restoration through your husband, do you feel that your perspective has changed at all now with your knowledge through the Historic Preservation and Restoration Program? I think in my interpersonal relationships, especially with my husband and other people that work in the field. So, you know, I've been around craftspeople my entire life, like from my brothers who work in construction to my husband who works in restoration to metalsmiths and et cetera. And so, you know, I've always taken those things kind of for granted, like they're just there, right? But I've never really understood them. And so I think taking this program really makes you understand what those people do and the, the, the detail and the art and the artistry behind it. And I think that's one thing, at least for myself, is to have a deeper understanding of, you know, what it takes to be a craftsperson and what it takes to really understand the finite details of history and art and not to take those things for granted. So on an interpersonal level or at a personal level, those are things that have enriched me as an individual um, to understand my community better. Other than that, I think, you know, just being able to work with beautiful objects and meet wonderful people and understand my world in a, like a, a better sense of understanding the world around me. That's really wonderful. Now, Marcus, do you have any words of motivation or any advice to aspiring students interested in this? Um, I will say this to anybody wanting to join the program or anybody that is joining the program. You're only here for a very small amount of time. And I know that when I graduate, I'm going to possibly regret that I don't spend every moment I can, um, you know, interacting with and utilizing my resources. You know, John Gutenberger, he's a historian that has more knowledge than anybody could ever gather. Right. And so having him as a resource and, you know, Ryan, our director, has been working in preservation in, in, in the field for so long, like. Every moment I have in class, I'm asking questions. I'm curious. I'm just trying to be involved as much as possible. And I think just utilize the resources you have while you're here because, you know, at one point you won't have them. I mean, you will because we all are a network of people that know each other forever, it seems. Um, but you know what I mean? It's just um, I think, yeah, utilize the resources while you have them and engage and immerse yourself um, as much as you can while you're in the program. Do you have any final closing words of anything you just want to highlight about your experience in the program or in preservation or restoration? What are your final words? Join us. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool group of people. Um, I think I didn't expect what I got. And I think that I'm learning more than I ever thought I would. Going back to college as an adult is a little intimidating. And, you know, everyone around you supports you, which is great. Thank you, Marcus. We appreciate having you on the show today. Thanks again to my guests, Christy Jenkins-Smith and Marcus Lucero. We appreciate having you on the show. Be sure to tune in next month to The Preservationist. Our show airs every third Tuesdays of the month at 9.30 a.m. right here on KMUN. Special thanks to my co-host, Eric Wheeler, the team here at KMUN, 
the staff, volunteers, and members of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society. And thank you to Camila Swordloff for producing the Preservationist theme song. Thank you for listening, and remember when it comes to preservation, anyone can be a preservationist. The Preservationist is a production of the Lower Columbia Preservation Society for CAMUN, written and produced by Astronomist Ray, featuring co-host Eric Wheeler. I'm Astronomist Ray. Thanks for tuning in.